Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now let's get wild. Welcome back to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast. This is episode number 37, the biggest outdoor show in the world. Today I'm joined by my father, Jeff, and we are going to be discussing our experience at what is billed as the largest consumer outdoor show in the world. Of course, I'm talking about the NRA-sponsored Great American Outdoor Show that's held every February in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We're going to talk some quick stats about the size of the show and everything the show has to offer. We're going to talk about the volunteering that we did that drew us back to the show this year. And also some things that we really like about the show that tends to draw us back year after year ever since we first started going a couple years ago. So let's not wait. Let's just dive right into it. Today, I have my father back with us again. What is this, episode number three or four for you? I would say three or four, yes. So today is a... A big day, and uh, the reason why, we just finished up with what ends up being the second Saturday of the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg. What'd you think about it? Uh, Not our first trip, obviously, but this one was a little different for the way we did it, but very good day. Yeah, so we've been, how many times have you come to the show? This is my third. Okay, I think this is my fifth time here uh, but every time we've come in the past it's always been as sort of perusers right walking around in the big mass of people uh, today we volunteered with the at the QDMA booth quality deer management booth uh, to try to drive memberships which turned out pretty successful yeah we did well today we did do well 26 new members uh, or renewed members I guess uh, which so far has been the most for a one day total i will, i wish that was a lot more yeah we had, and I, I think the highlight of the day uh, correct me if i'm wrong is uh there was three other people in the booth with us that we hadn't met before yep got to meet some new people very nice people yep uh eric and zach and barry and uh they were really just like every other qda qdma member we've really come across you know very hospitable and easy to talk to and very knowledgeable got to give them credit on being very knowledgeable yes yes they uh, were about pretty much everything uh, so that was that was a lot of fun uh so based on years past and and now i mean what what are your sort of what are the things that stick in your mind when you think about this big outdoor show uh the size is the number one on it it, it has to be i Anybody that hasn't been here, it's hard to relay the the physical size and the amount of exhibitors at this show. Yeah, so the outdoor show is in Harrisburg every year. It is billed as the largest outdoor show east of the Mississippi. It's at the PA Farm Show Complex. Uh, I just looked it up. The Farm Show Complex spans 60 acres with 24 acres being indoors. So pack booths of 
guns and trucks and archery equipment and all kinds of outdoor lifestyle, uh, hunting outfitters, conservation groups, pack that all into 24 acres. Boats. Boats, fishing. Yeah. The fishing and the, any uh, fishing gear, including the boat. Including, including the boats, yeah. Uh, one of the boats that Eric and I looked at today, he said, how much do you think that boat costs? I said, I, I, don't, I came with the trailer, you know, custom trailer type deal, and I said, I don't know, I, I would say 80000 He said, I think it's seventy two. And we looked, $77,000 for a beautiful bass boat, a <laughs> uh, little out of my price range, especially since I don't fish. Don't fish. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... The amount of space and the amount of exhibitors is just unbelievable. I, I would say that the uh, second most impressive thing is the distances which the people come to view this show. Yeah. Um, I know signing up members for QDMA, we did people from North Carolina, Virginia, New York, uh, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I missing? Of course, the two of the gentlemen working with us were from Ohio chapters mm-hmm. of QDMA. Uh, well, I'm, we met a gentleman from Montana. We did. Um, and then, of course, and, and these are people that are there to visit the show. Uh, Vendors-wise, I actually talked to a gentleman from Argentina about <laughs> a dove and pigeon shoot. Uh, I mean, there's just about anything you want to do is, is connecting with the outdoors. You can find it at this show. Yeah, so just to give everyone a little bit of background, the reason why we went five years ago for the first time was we wanted to get some FaceTime with some outfitters because we were planning to go on an elk hunt. And we did find the outfitter that we ended up going on our elk hunt with at that show, uh, which I feel like we made a pretty good decision there. Yes, uh, we ran into bad weather, but that's not something an outfitter can, can control. Um, but it's... <laughs> Like you said, I mean, there's there's people from everywhere. I mean, there's there's booths for Alaskan fishing and hunting trips and Argentinian hunts and African hunts, uh, you know, and then you have different vendors there from all over the country as well. Well, and today we didn't do too much looking around. No. Um, we're going to save that for tomorrow, I, I think. Yes. The plan. Yep. Uh, but one thing I, I can't say for sure it was there, but I'm sure it is this year again, is anything that's new in the industry is at this show. Uh, you can, whether you're into the shooting sports, the archery, archery, uh, fishing, again, any of the interests you may have, if it's new to the industry, a product or a service, you usually find it at this show first. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, barring uh, a few of the trade shows yeah. like Shot Show and ATA, which is you know more industry. manufacturing industry as far as like to the public, uh, this is really where you can get the first look. And uh, one of the things you know from years past that that I'm hoping to see a little bit tomorrow is in the archery hall. They have a hall just for archery and archery related equipment, and you can shoot bows they have ranges where you can shoot certain bows just to see how they feel and that was uh the the, the first year that the air bow was marketed to the public right. uh, that was the first year we went and you could hear that you know and, and i mean that had a line to it oh yes uh, to Everybody be able to shoot that wanted to shoot us there is a i wouldn't say everything but a, a lot of the products are hands-on also yeah uh, yes, they are. They're, they're not behind ropes you could there are the vendors are there to help you, and you can touch, feel, and and fit a lot of these things. Yeah. So what what's your favorite part of the show? 
what's your favorite part uh, you know this is what section not your what section but like when you come to the show what's the one thing that you're always like oh, i like this part uh, I, well that, that's kind of a loaded question but you know me i like to, to look at the people that are at the show that's the exact same response i was going to give i love the people There's watch every every brand of people is also at this show it's, yep which is a good thing. I'm not. It is. I'm not saying that despairingly at all. And, and the amount of young people. Yes. And by young people, I mean uh, there are a lot of kids and families, but uh, young couples. Um, I would say from their late teens to mid twenties, walking around, and you could tell that they are actively in the outdoors, mm-hmm. and, and that's a pleasure to see. I mean, because so often you all know, you hear us, all these kids want to do is be on a computer. It's which I think probably. Still a little true, but it's good to see the number of young people at these shows. Yeah, I mean, you watch them walk around. They're on their phones. They're posting social media and stuff like that. But you can tell that they're there to look at or if possibly even buy some things that are going to aid for being in the outdoors. That's something that they want to do. So that's definitely uh, makes you feel a little bit better right? whenever you see that. When you said about the, when I was asking about the favorite section of the show, as far as whether it's the archery, the guns, I think a lot of that is driven even with me year to year, what I'm interested in looking at that year. Uh, For example, if somebody's interested in purchasing a firearm, you're going to be more interested in that. If you're interested in buying some new arrows, you're probably going to want to go there. Or if you, like we were, booking a trip, Mm -hmm. booking a hunt. That's where your your interest is going to lie, but you find yourself going through just about all of the exhibits. Yeah, and um, you know, it's not knowing exactly what you're getting into the first time you go there. It, it's a little overwhelming. Yes, uh, there are people everywhere, and it's a sprawling complex. Uh, it's definitely tiring if you're trying to see everything there. It's very tough. You sort of have to prioritize a little bit. Uh, that first year we went. We prioritized, but we didn't go with that, and we hit the Outfitters last just because it was the furthest building from where we entered, and uh, it was late in the day, and a couple Outfitters had sort of started packing up and stuff, so you definitely want to think about, okay, what do I really want to see, if it's archery or fishing, or what, and sort of hit those halls first, just to make sure that you get to see what you really wanted to see, and then sort of explore after that. And, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think every year this show runs for, what would it be, eight days? Saturday to Saturday? Saturday to Sunday. Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. And I have been here on the first Saturday, and now we're here on the last Saturday. I have never come in the middle of the week. No. That would be interesting. I, I don't know if it's a, a lot less crowded, but it's probably a little more comfortable for the crowd if you could, could come during the middle of the week. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've heard that it's a little less crowded, but not overly noticeable that it's less crowded. Uh, I have been here on the last, last day. Uh, one year brought my wife, and we stayed for the last day. And uh, there were definitely some less people there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, a whole lot of people showed up. And then a whole lot of people left because when you buy a ticket, it's good for that day that you bought, but then it's also good for the last day as well. So I feel like there was probably a big influx of more local people. What else are you going to do on a Sunday when there's no football, nothing else to do? Let's just go walk around the show again. That's true. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And we'll maybe witness that tomorrow. We might stop back before we head back home tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so we got to volunteer today. Um, one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to do that this year was just because it, it as we're recording this, it's falling on my birthday. So um, happy birthday! Yeah, thanks. So instead of you know. I'm getting to the age where presents, gifts, like, ah, if I need it, I'm going to buy it. I'm not real worried about that. Um, not overly happy with the ages that I'm turning these days, right? So <laughs> let's let's uh, let's give back a little bit, right? Uh, so, I mean, what did you think about the volunteering aspect and, and helping out in that booth? Well, this was my, my first volunteer effort for QDMA. I've, I've only been a member not quite two years yet. And I've, I've gone to a couple of, of or one of their, uh, what do you call, what do they banquets. call it? Banquets. Uh, and donated that way. And I donate, obviously, with my membership. But it was nice to actually do a, a volunteer job for this organization that in the last year and a half, I have really come to appreciate their their mission statement and what they're doing. So it was nice to give back. Uh, if I, it, it was very helpful that yourself and these other two young gentlemen they were from Ohio, um, were very knowledgeable in QDMA, so I was a little leery of saying wrong thing or doing anything. But once you start talking to people that are interested in the, the booth, it was interesting to see what their interest on QDMA. Some were in habitat, some were purely on the hunting side, uh, some had property they were asking about. It was it was the same questions that we ask ourselves all the yeah. time. Yep. Uh, so two things with that. One, the 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 question that caught me off guard was one of the last ones of the night. <laughs> and uh, basically, God, you know, it, it, it's interesting as people are walking by. There were times where I definitely felt like I was working at a mall kiosk. People were actively trying not to make eye contact with you. So they don't make eye contact. You don't talk to them. You know, they feel like you're not going to say anything and they can keep walking. Uh, this guy, uh, he just walked right up to us. And the first thing he said was, when's a good time to frost seed? And it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that question, um, which turned out he was already a QDMA member. And uh, so we talked a a little bit about Habitat and some things like that. And he said he was a QDMA member. And I said, well, you know, why don't you renew? And I don't need to. And they had a special going. So he decided, yeah, sure, I'll renew. Uh, the The other thing that I really liked was one of the guys, I'll call him Guy, uh, that came up, came right to us. He was walking with his dad. Uh, he was, what, maybe oh, 17, 18? He's a senior this year, so 17 or 18. And walked right up, and he was interested, wanted to hear more about what QDMA was, and joined, you know, and, and it was it was cool to see some younger people. You know, I came to this roughly about – uh, 10 years ago, so in my early 20s, but it was cool to see some some people, you know, even if it's just a couple uh, younger people come in that are already interested in it, that's really helping to set the tone with even younger people and really trying to carry that mission. And I guess another of the, that came up was also with his father was a senior in college mm-hmm. who was helping to be going to school for wildlife management. Yep. And he was interested in getting involved with QDMA and like organizations to help with his career and, yep. and to learn. And the, the one gentleman from Ohio apps happens to be a professor of wildlife biology. And so that was an interesting conversation to hear between the two of them. Yeah, it was, that was cool. That was, um, 
that was probably one of the best parts for me today was I probably learned more today or just as much today talking to Eric and Zach who've been doing this and one's a, you know, a chapter president, the other one's, you know, wildlife biologist that, that teaches, you know, as, as a professor uh, to just talk to them and, and hear what they have done and, but you know, let them know what we've done and just to talk and then hear them talk to the other potential members. It was, it was cool to, to get all, all that information. It was almost too much for my, to fit into my brain in one day. Yeah. I I think I could explain it best by my short time as a a member. It always uh, kind of astounds me that there's basically three kind of members and one of them is very knowledgeable member. One's, that's very inquisitive and wants to learn more and most of them are a little bit of both yeah uh, nobody really feels like they've known everything i mean mm-hmm. you talk to these people and they they like you hear your opinion and i sure like hearing theirs because they're a little more knowledgeable than i am yeah and you know both eric and zach i mean they've been doing working with qdma for longer than i have and you know they've been actively managing properties and as much as they were telling us things that have worked for them, they were asking us what we were doing on our properties and asking if we tried this or maybe we should try this. And um, it was it was definitely a, a very easy back and forth of trading of ideas and, and different concepts. With the people from up and down the, mainly up and down the East Coast, um, another thing it was I found interesting was you learned the differences in um, – hunting laws, hunting traditions, hunting habits. Uh, you know, we're, we're from Pennsylvania. You're talking to somebody from Ohio. Vastly this, different rules and regulations. Talk to the man, gentleman from North Carolina that belongs to a hunting club. Of, mm-hmm. I think it was 1,500 acre, 2,500 2, acre. 2,500 acre hunting, hunting club with 16 members. Mm-hmm. Something that in our part of Pennsylvania is kind of unheard of. Yeah. And you, you, you just learn how other people approach whitetail hunting yeah it, vastly different and yet at the same time i felt like we all had very similar ideas and ideals and working towards the same goal but having to go about it differently based on those different you know traditions in a way that everyone sort of goes about what they're doing in their area right it was a it was a very interesting day so what is when we go back tomorrow what is number one on that priority list for you to look at uh does your mother listen to this podcast as far as i know no i am in the market for a new over and under shotgun that i would like to look at some that's music to my ears because that'll be mine someday yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just haven't broken the news yet it's not not going to be an issue not a deal breaker but i i would rather do that in person uh, my my priority list is is very quick and succinct because I we, last year uh, when we were here uh, we got some dog shampoo for the dogs that is specifically it's billed as being specifically formulated for certain coats of a dog and you got it yes we for did for mom yep. and her dogs uh, and she liked it and I I tried it and I really liked it yes. uh, so uh, a coworker has sent, given me the some money to say, Hey, I want a gallon of it. I don't know that I need a gallon, but, uh, I'm also going to be getting that as well because it is, it is a really good dog shampoo. Uh, outside of that, 
Well, and, and, and there's the rub, as you mentioned earlier. We do have a plan, but for some reason at this show, you get waylaid at a booth yeah. that you walk by and say, I have never seen that before. Yeah, so yeah. You, so an hour trip or a two-hour trip will probably turn into a four or five before we leave. <laughs> and so number two for me is I want to, uh, which I should have done today because we were within 20 feet of this booth, but uh, I do want to join Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Uh, that's one conservation group I like what they're doing, uh, but have not joined yet. So I'll be joining their ranks here pretty soon. Uh, and then last thing is I've been toying around with the idea of maybe getting a recurve. So uh, hit the archery hall and see if they have any recurves around. Typically, it's mostly compounds and crossbows. Uh, but if they have any, you know, any of the booths have a recurve. I just like the I would like to hold one. Uh, you know, get to just get a general feel, not that I'm going to buy one, but just to get a sort of general feel of what it's like to hold a recurve since I've honestly never done that. Uh, it would be on my bucket list for or my suggestion to, for anybody to put this on their bucket list that's interested in sports shows. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or even if you, you're not crazy. And I, I, I can't stress enough, we have some local sports shows around the Pittsburgh area that are nice. Mm-hmm they pale in comparison yeah to this show. i mean I, i've been to the monroeville outdoor show multiple times before we came here this is one of those shows where once you go those other shows just sort of don't hold up to the same sort of level no, uh, i mean ob- obviously you know 24 acres compared to just a couple floors um you know I really thought this was, when we first started coming to this show, this was going to be a one and done. I just wanted to sort of see what it was all about. But I just, I find it fascinating. Just how much stuff is around. Um, all the different things. I mean, from turkey calls to, you know, ATVs. They're, you know, all the truck manufacturers are there. And then truck ac- accessories. Um, you know, just everything. I mean, literally anything that you want to see. It's, it seems like it's here. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you can find it here if it has anything to do with anything. Well, any uh, parting thoughts for you there, Dad? No, other than uh, I'll take a moment to say happy birthday officially again. Thank you. Uh, it was very a good trip, and I'm sure we'll be doing it again, and it's a pleasure to talk to everybody out there. Yeah. So we'll uh, pick back on pick back up on the normally scheduled bringing experts in next week. That'll do it for today's episode. I want to thank my father for joining me. I want to thank you for listening. This outdoor show really is something crazy. There were, on the Saturday, second Saturday that we were there, working the QDMA booth, uh, we found out that 13,000 people walked through the door. That's an insane amount of people. Yes, it's over 24 indoor acres, but it's still, I mean, that's just a ton of people. When we were back on Sunday, uh, I don't know what the final number was for that day. We were only there for a couple hours, but there were just there were, I mean, thousands of people there. It's amazing to see so many people coming and experiencing and, and enjoying products that can then later help them enjoy the outdoors. It, it is amazing to see that. Unfortunately for us finding out that 13,000 people walked through the door on the day that we were volunteering at the QDMA booth, it really stuck in my mind that only 26 of those people either 
became new members of our conservation group or renewed their membership to our conservation group. And it just really gets me thinking that there are so many people in our country and then so many people that hunt and and enjoy the outdoors, but so few that actually give back to the outdoors in some way by joining a conservation organization. I understand that not everyone is going to be interested in the Quality Deer Management Association or Pheasants Forever or Backcountry Hunters and Anglers or the Boone and Crockett Club. But there's so many out there. Arbor Day Foundation, right? There, There's so many different groups out there that are actively campaigning and putting money and time into good use to promote and enhance the outdoor experiences that we all enjoy. So if you are not a member of a conservation organization, please, please, please join one. Uh, You know, I myself am a member of five different organizations, the ones that align with my morals, my ethics, my sort of goals for the outdoors. Find one that you can support that has the same ideas that you do. You know, if you're in the rafting, if you're into fishing, you know, find that organization that is helping your a cause that's going to benefit you. You feel so much better with that even if it's just a financial contribution. I would I would like everyone to, you know, also donate time as well, but Hey, I get it. This modern society we have now, there's not a whole lot of time. You got family, you got work, you have other obligations. I get that. At least, you know, contribute. Become a member. As these organizational groups, you know, these conservation groups get more membership. They have more clout when it comes to politics that affect the things that we enjoy. We really need to do our best to really put our numbers together and pull our numbers together so we can actually make things better. I have one last thing to ask of you. I know I just asked a big thing from a lot of you, but one last thing I can ask of you is please go on to the streaming app that you use to listen to this podcast. Please rate us and then write up a quick review. Let people know what you're thinking about. Uh, I feel very humbled that a couple people have reached out to tell us that, that they enjoy the podcast and give us some ideas of future episodes, but... You know, if you think we're doing a good job or even if there's something that's not quite right, but you think it'd be great uh, if we did something or, you know, you just you enjoy listening to this podcast, go on to that app that you're listening to this podcast on. Give us a rating and just type up a quick two, three sentence review. I'd really appreciate it. It helps us reach more people to really grow our reach and accomplish the mission that that we have. Next week, I'm going to have a guest that is a transplant from. Missouri to Pennsylvania. He is an outdoor photographer and videographer, and we're going to talk to him, Kyle Campbell. So until you join us next week to listen to Kyle talk about his transition to Pennsylvania and his outdoor photography and videography career, I want you to stay wild. Mm-hmm.